I didn't even bring my jacket to take off today. If you'll go ahead and turn to Psalms chapter 119, we'll be looking at the first few verses there this morning and some other, or this evening, this is evening. Um, We'll be looking at those first few verses and some other verses in the 119th Psalm at uh, different points in our lesson uh, this evening. When you open up your Bible, what do you expect to get? When you go to God's Word to read it, to meditate on it, and to study it, what do you expect to get from God's Word? Some expect a rule book. They would be wrong because it's much more than a rule book just the other day I was asked where did I where do you find a list of the things in the Bible that God wants you to do or a list of God's laws from the Bible or where do I get a specific list of things that God doesn't want me to do and I will tell you this that the Bible is much more than that. The Bible is not a reference book where you can just look up cheating and everything you need to know about cheating is there in topical order and it gives you everything you need to know because if Bill studied that and then Brian studied that and then Barry studied that and then Tom studied that, we would all find new things from God's word in reference to cheating. You see, God's word is much more than a book of law. It's much more than a book of rules. It's much more than a list of things to do and things not to do. God's laws are indeed contained between the pages of this book that we call the Holy Bible. It gives us all things pertaining to life and godliness. But yet, they don't always just jump off the page at you, do they? Don't you wish it was as easy as being able to sleep on your Bible every night and all that knowledge would just seep right in and we would know everything we need to know and never have to study again? You know, it's interesting to me, uh, Bill, you mentioned this this morning, Uh, He said he uh, practiced dentistry for many, many years. And one of the things he had to continue to do is to continue to study dentistry because things changed, didn't they? And you learn new methods and new things in relationship to that. And we can think of all of our professions, uh, Don and and medicine, and that's why they call it practicing medicine, isn't it? Because it's always changing. You're always learning something new. You can insert whatever job you're doing there and you realize that you have to continue to study, you have to continue to learn, and you continue to learn and do those things better as you study and make application of those things in your lives. The Bible is no different. 
The Bible requires that we love God enough to pick up his word and study it and meditate on it and learn things every day, every day of our lives. And not only to learn those things, but hopefully to make the proper application of those things that we learn from God's word in our life. The Bible is made up of stories that make needed information readily memorable. It uses letters discussing problems and solutions. Historical accounts showing how laws fit into the context of the events that were going on for that particular people at that particular time. It gives us genealogical lists, poems, collections of wise sayings, accounts of dreams and visions in symbolic terms, and yes, there is the occasional list of things to do and things not to do. In Psalms chapter 119, beginning in verse 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. When I look into your, all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. The psalmist had the right idea to keep the statutes and laws of God. And that is what you and I today must continue to do. What do you expect from God's word? It might strike you as um, an impractical way to rely on information by just picking up the word and it being in so many different ways and poems and stories and all of those things. But God had a bigger picture in mind than you and I. And he knew all those things were important for us to study and learn so that we would have a better understanding. If you look at man's history, it is the way we've been doing things since the very beginning of time. We pass on stories and we pass on information so that history can be known. It's interesting in some of the things that are going on in our country today of trying to erase so many different things of history. And when you look back at history, all things in history are not good. They're not all things we should be proud of, but yet it's history. And any good historian will tell you that we need to study history so that we understand the things not to repeat. When was the last time you met someone who has memorized the Webster's Dictionary? Or when was the last time you met someone who has memorized the Encyclopedia Britannica? Now, I know for some of you young folks, you don't know what an encyclopedia is. Uh, you could just Google it now and Wikipedia and you're good to go. But we used to have these stacks of books of encyclopedias that... Oh, it was so fun to research and, and uh, find things in. But you know, 
all of that information in the dictionary, and I don't think I have any regular dictionaries that are, sm- that are smaller than this Bible. And the encyclopedia certainly is not smaller than this Bible, but yet this gives me much more information of what I need to apply to my life as a Christian and to make me a better person and ultimately to get me to heaven. This provides all the information I need to do all of those things. Millions of people memorize all the significant portions of the Bible or all of the Bible, and it's important for us to memorize as much as the Bible as we can. Notice, if you will, continuing in Psalms 119, move over a few pages maybe to verse 97. Psalms 119 and verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. Verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey in my mouth. That's how we need to have the attitude towards God's word. We need to love God's word. We need to meditate on God's word. We need to share that word with the lost. Because so many people are lost in the world in which we live. The Bible contains a wealth of information. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, we read, As His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us by glory and virtue. Last time I looked up the word all... A-L-L, it meant everything. Everything that I need pertaining to life and godliness can be found in this book and no other. We don't need other books to give us the things pertaining to life and godliness because God has given us all by inspired men in completion. All things pertaining to life and godliness. You know, that's very interesting. That's a very broad spectrum, isn't it? It's a very broad spectrum. And like I said before, I have dictionaries bigger than this book and encyclopedias bigger than this book. And this book gives me all things pertaining to life and godliness and I don't even need those other books. God's powerful. He knew what he was doing. He knows better than man. Yet God says he has managed to tell me everything I need to know about life and godly living in a book that I can easily carry with me. And in today's modern technology, I can have it on my wrist, 
I can have it on my waist. I can have it in my hand anywhere I go. The Bible, the Bible's error correcting abilities has always been there. It has the ability to correct error in all things in life. And unfortunately, in the world in which we live, there is much error to be corrected. In computers, we know that it's dangerous to keep just one copy of something, don't we, Sylvia? We know that it's bad to keep just one copy. So uh, Sylvia, three years ago, gave me her laptop computer. I hope you don't mind me telling this story because I'm going to. She gave me her laptop computer and she said, this computer is failing and all I want are my pictures. And I said, I can completely understand that. And so three years later, after many, many hours of work, I was able to give Sylvia all of her pictures. Those are precious memories, aren't they? Through modern computers, we can make corrections if we have the patience to do so. But one small change can make a significant loss in information, and in one small change in studying God's Word, it can lead to a giant loss of information as well. We're encouraged in the computer world to make backups. But in the Christian world, we are to look to God's word as our backup. Imagine if only God mentioned every subject just once. Can you think of a subject? Um, let's see. Let me look through this Bible and see if I can find out the square root of something. Have you found it? How about um, how a combustion engine works? Have you found it? How about how electricity works? Have you found it? It doesn't tell us everything in relationship to, work, to life, does it? But it tells us all things pertaining to life and godliness. All things that are necessary for us to get to heaven one day. People have attempted to alter the Bible in the past, but they always get caught. The New World Translation Bible alters John chapter 1 and verse 1. And it alters it with just one simple change. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Now, if you look at your Bible, you will see that the Word was God, the God. And we understand when we look further into the scriptures of understanding that the word was in the beginning and through that word all things were created and we understand that that word logos, L-O-G-O-S in the Greek was Christ in the flesh. And the, word, and the word of God tells us that, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we beheld the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. One simple word, God or a God, little g. It's been rightly rejected because this is not the only verse mentioning Jesus' deity in the word of God. So that can't be a proper translation. They just refuse to understand that Jesus was God. And we understand from looking at the scriptures indeed that he was. <coughs> there are others who make error in relationship to God's word as well. Some expect immediate understanding of God's word. That would be osmosis, what we were talking about earlier of laying on the Bible and expecting all of that knowledge just to be there. Uh, it would be like when we, were, when we were young people and our parents opening up our head and pouring in all the wisdom and knowledge that they had. Wouldn't that be wonderful? doesn't work that way, does it? It doesn't work that way with God's word either, and therefore we have to study it and learn from it and meditate on it and apply it to our lives. And we have to keep on studying and applying to our lives. Some believe that the Holy Spirit gives them perfect understanding of God's word. Thus they spend little time studying the Bible, and instead it is used as a proof text. Have you ever seen anyone use the Bible as a proof text? I have. You see it every day in our country. Every day when they try to argue things that are immoral and abomination to God, and they go to the Bible to say, we are supposed to love everyone. The Bible says we are to love everyone. You are exactly right. But the Bible does not say love the sin. It says love the sinner. And that's what we must do. We must love the sinner and direct them in the paths of righteousness. We must direct them in the things that God's word tells us we must do. Their mind's already made up about the things that they should understand in reference to God's word. So phrases and verses are quoted and referenced back up to their preconceived ideas and notions. And we, even as Christians, can be guilty of that sometimes. Therefore, we come together and we continue to study. We continue to search the scriptures daily. We continue to learn from God's word so that we can make proper application of that word in our lives. Some sit down and expect to read through their Bibles like it's a novel and that it's all just going to flow perfectly and beautifully and they're going to understand everything the very first time. And I'm here to tell you it doesn't work that way. I tried it. It doesn't work that way. <clears throat> the Bible is meant to be understood. Notice, if you will, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17 Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So, I'm to understand what the will of the Lord is. How do I do that? By studying God's word. Back to Psalms 119 and verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. 
Make me understand the way of your precepts so that I meditate on your wonderful works. Much of design of the Bible lends itself to easy recall, doesn't it? There are things that we naturally understand in life that God put into place. There are hard sections of Scripture, isn't there? The Scripture even warns us of that. If you'll notice in 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 15, And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking to them of things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unsteady people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. That's why we study daily. That's why we meditate daily. That's why we make application of those things properly in our lives and in the proper context in our lives. The Bible is meant to be studied, isn't it? 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Be diligent. Or some translations say study to show yourself approved unto God. A worker that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That doesn't mean dividing it and ripping some pages out. It means rightly dividing, rightly interpreting, rightly understanding and making proper application of that word in our lives. That's rightly dividing the word of God. We must be diligent to understand God's word. Some expect when you pick up the Bible that you're going to be totally confused. Several in the religious world teach that the Bible is too difficult to understand by the average person. Some in very large religious groups have that teaching. So, therefore, many people, when they pick up God's Word and they come to one thing that they don't understand or a story that just doesn't make any sense to them, will lay down God's Word and walk away and never go back to it. Out of frustration, out of not understanding, and out of not being patient with God's Word. There are portions of God's Word that are difficult to understand, isn't there? But as a whole, it's very easy to understand. God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Christians have the words as a part of them. The word is to dwell in us. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts. To the Lord. It is the truth that lives in us. Second John verses one and two. To the elect lady and her children whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also those who have known the truth, because of the truth which abides in us, and we will be with us forever. 
Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ and the Son of the Father in truth and love. And back to Psalms 119, verses 9 through 11. How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you haven't read the 119th Psalm lately... I would encourage you to do so. Because it is a wonderful blessing to us as Christians to know the vital importance of God's word. People didn't tell other people to listen to their own words. They taught people how to understand the word of God in its entirety. And that is our responsibility as Christians today, to help one another understand God's word, to continue to study, to continue to make application of that word in our lives, and to continue to show our love and care for one another because we all want to get to heaven one day. Amen? What do you expect from God's word? I expect it to give me all things pertaining to life and godliness. I expect it to give me all the tools necessary for Brian to make it to heaven one day. I expect it to give you, all of my brothers and sisters in Christ, the ability to make it to heaven one day. And it will. Because it is God's word in its entirety in giving us all necessary tools to make it to heaven one day. Do you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation? Are you a Christian? If you aren't a Christian, in studying God's word, we understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've heard the word of God tonight. I pray that you continue to hear the word of God and make application in your life. We believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. We repent of our sins, stop sinning on purpose, have that change of mind. For the time of ignorance God overlooked but now commands every man, that's mankind, every man and woman to repent. To change your ways, to stop sinning on purpose. We must confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be buried in a watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life where we come in contact with that blood that was shed on that cruel cross for our sins. We as Christians have the responsibility to continue to remain faithful unto death to receive that crown of life. That seems like the little short line at the end of the gospel plan of salvation. Remain faithful unto death to receive the crown of life. No, that's where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? That's where we have to make application of this word in our life so that we can make it to heaven one day. If you are a Christian and you've fallen away and you've committed a public sin that needs public repentance, or you just need the prayers and thoughts of your brothers and sisters in Christ, We offer you an invitation now to come forward as together we stand and as we sing.